You're listening to the YWAM Nashville Podcast. My name's Cody. My name's Michael, and we'll be your hosts for this season. You just spilled coffee on your yeah. notebook, on the podcast binder. <laughs> uh, he didn't even realize. That's the beat for when Cody spills stuff. <laughs> just in case you were wondering. You're making it worse. <laughs> oh, sorry. Shut up. <laughs> well, welcome to... Uh, Episode, episode 16. 16. Wow. We just Here turned we 16. Are. Sweet 16. Sweet 16. Sweet 16. All right. So our guest today is our kind of sort of third host, Michael Mack. I thought you were going to say kind of sort of like bass, bass director. director. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was too. Our or kind of sort, of, kind of, sort of fearless leader. We're not sure. <laughs> <laughs> So, welcome, Michael Mack. Thank again. you. It's good to be back. It's always good to have you. Uh, so, uh, we're going to jump into our prayer topics. Topics, yes. Our points. Or points. Whatever. Segment. Segment. Yeah, <laughs> prayer segment. <laughs> uh, we're going to segue into our uh, to our prayer points. Um, so, the first one, we wanted to like invite you guys into what we prayed about this morning actually which won't be the time that you hear it recorded but um this morning we had some long-termers uh from india come and share about different ministry that they had going on there and things that they were doing but they were talking about like the covid stuff having uh just major impact on the country um that i think has the highest population or Uh, no it's right up there with china yeah it's they said it was about to pass China in population wow. if it hadn't already. That's crazy. Was their words. But so it's like 1.7 billion, I think. Golly gee. That's and like it's roughly the same for China. But India's w- way smaller, I think, unless it's just the way it looks on a map. So It's almost a quarter I'm of the world's population, isn't it? Golly gee. Uh, yeah. So it's between those two countries, it's 40% of the world's population. Wow. So, uh, but they were talking about the COVID stuff just having crazy impact on a country that, uh, you know, doesn't have like quite our uh, standards of like medicine and and infrastructure and things. And so there's millions of people who are like being affected and have like lost Mm -hmm. their jobs and the suffering is like really major over there. So, yeah. And they don't have food readily available. Or any supplies whatsoever. So. Yeah. There's mass exoduses from the cities of people going back to their villages and their families who, like, still raise food and can support them. And so I can't remember if they were saying hundreds of thousands or I think hundreds it was 100 millions. Million. I'm pretty sure it was 100 million because I was like, oh, yeah, wow, that's, it was a, huge that's number. a big percentage of our population. People yeah. just leaving cities and yeah. sleeping on the sides of roads and, you know carrying their relatives on their backs and stuff it's just it's crazy yeah it's craziness so pray for india that well one 
just for strategic solutions on all these practical problems, but also just that um, people would find hope within the suffering in Jesus because, you know, he's he can bring hope regardless of our circumstances on the outside. So. Yeah, and and you can go to India. <laughs> There's a huge harvest field there. The workers are few. Um, you can't go at this very moment, well, but yeah. hopefully soon. <laughs> it's That's true. one of those th- reasons why our long-term missionaries are here with us today is because they had to pack up and leave India, and their visas are now suspended, so they can't get back into India currently. Yeah. No. So maybe not at the moment, but that's true. They can in still, general. they can still get support to India though. If you wanted to, yeah, yeah, get in touch with them, you could reach out to us, and maybe we can, you help you help them <laughs> if yeah. you wanted to. But yeah, they still have people there and workers there that are native and yeah, um, from different countries in the area and stuff. So just let so us yeah. know if you want to partner with that. They're um, doing some amazing things. Absolutely. Um, they're. They have a widow's home that they built, and they support um, widows and teach them trades, and so they run a bakery. Mm -hmm. Um, They also are pulling um, people out of sex trafficking, Yeah, which is obviously a brilliant thing. Yeah. Yeah. And they do so much more. Yeah, they had a ton of stuff they were talking about, so Mm -hmm. they're involved in quite a lot, and they're involved with the YWAM there. And they're working currently with food distribution and general just evangelism. Yeah. So, so the second prayer point is that there was a extremely large um, explosion in Beirut, Lebanon. Um, in a, a port there, there was a some kind of building that was storing... A warehouse. Like, a warehouse yeah. that was storing like large amounts of explosives and it exploded but like blew up the whole city yeah. have you, i don't know if you've seen the videos it's yeah it's all crazy. over the internet crazy yeah and i can't remember how many people died i think it's uh, in the, well, the death counts on the rise uh, as of an hour ago it's a hundred I haven't and seen there's a lot of people missing all, so. So. I, i'd seen stats that were higher than that so i don't know oh, well, i don't know that was on the world news whatever at any rate Huge explosion. Not good. Yeah. Please pray. <laughs> it said it was felt as like a Three. magnitude, like 3.3 earthquake. Yeah. Which is Judging crazy. by the video, I'm like, holy moly. Yeah. Like, You're like, oh, it's a fire. Oh, wait, it's an atomic explosion. Yeah. It was insane. And it just, like, you could see it, like, cover half the city. Yeah. yeah. In, like, a millisecond. It's crazy. It's nuts. It's nuts. So I don't know if this is a typical thing, but I feel like mentioning prayer points and not actually praying would be um, not correct. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to just dip into yeah, praying real quick. Go Jesus, ahead. we just thank you uh, for the people of India. Thank you that you um, long to know them mm. and to have a restored relationship with them. So more than anything, Jesus, we just ask that you would... Uh, just bring India home to you, the Father. And also, Lord, we just pray for those in Beirut, Lebanon, Lebanon, um, and ask, Lord, that you would let your Holy Spirit just um, rest on that place, uh, just release healing physically, emotionally, 
spiritually, Lord, bring them home as well, Lord. And we just declare that they are your people who don't yet know it and ask, Lord, that you would bring restoration in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, it's that time. It's that time. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> so, for the past few episodes, if you haven't been with us, uh, we've been doing some different intros for the dad joke segment. So, today I have a fun one I'm really excited about. All right. I have uh, no idea what he's doing, so. Let me pull it up. Let me pull it up. Um, oh. <laughs> oh, I'm excited. Uh, all right. Here we go. Here we go. You guys ready? I'm ready. Yes. <laughs> oh. Welcome to Dad Jokes with Cody. Now it's time for Dad Jokes with Cody. And a spot of tea. And the part biscuits. of the show where Cody comes out and says, a dad joke. Oh, that's me. Fancy that. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> My, what a lovely day. <laughs> do you have a dad joke for us, sir? Oh, I do it while the music's playing. Yes. Oh, okay. <clears throat> where does the general keep his armies? Tell me, Cody, where does the general keep his armies? In his sleeveys. <laughs> <laughs> I did not see that one coming. <laughs> his sleeveys. Get it? Sleeveys. You've been armies in his just kidding. I don't know what that means. My goose has been got. <laughs> Your goose is got. Michael Mack, do you the have end. a dad joke? Oh. <laughs> I do. <laughs> How does a penguin build its house? How? It glues it together. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this has been... Dad jokes with Cody and Michael Mack. Cheerio. Tune in next time to hear Cody say. Cheerio. <laughs> <laughs> Eat a bowl of Cheerios. <laughs> oh, that just ended like perfectly. That was like the perfect amount well, of time for the song. I gotta say, Cody. I was not expecting that at all. <laughs> That was interesting. We apologize to all those British people <laughs> out <laughs> there. <never> offended. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that reminds me. Uh, if it makes you feel any better, feel free to send us your all terrible your hate mail. <laughs> American accents, and we will. Oh, I find that so interesting. I know. Yeah, it's always fun. Uh, also, <laughs> I wanted. To I mean, do those were pretty bad, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. Now. I thought mine was fine. <laughs> uh. Uh. I wanted to shout out to some countries here. All right. So uh, at least according to our our analytics, 91% of our audience is in the United States. Thank you for United States yeah, listeners. Yeah, God bless yeah. the USA. <laughs> 3% is Australia. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, 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 oi. oi. <laughs> uh, 1% is Ireland. Oh, Ireland. Ireland, oh, yes. I'll <laughs> take the road and you'll <laughs> take the road. <laughs> uh, less than one percent is Mexico. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the most racist part of the 
Gracias uh, para escuchando. And this is the segment that we stereotype. <laughs> and offend everyone. Negative 1% is Canada. Negative 1%. One. Oh, are Come no. on, guys. <laughs> You're next <laughs> door. They, like, Come less on. Than, less they, than 1%. <laughs> they, like, they've written in to ref- <laughs> saying they refuse to listen. <laughs> We've had five people from Canada tell less us we the, suck and they refuse to uh, listen. Definitely <laughs> less than 1%, not negative 1. <laughs> less than 1% is Sweden. All right. That's interesting. All right. Uh, Sweden, we we gotta say something about Sweden. They Sweden have good meatballs, and um, Swedish meatballs. <laughs> yeah, What's yeah. That guy's name Slatan <laughs> Ibrahimovic. <laughs> yeah, just go with it. Who is that? Slatan, come on, guys. I have no idea. He's a famous soccer player. Uh, oh, okay. Didn't we have those? That couple were they from Sweden? Michael. And no, they're from somewhere else. <laughs> Are they Swiss? Because <laughs> I made some joke about something, Swiss. and then I realized they were from the other country, and I was like, yeah. "Well, I feel like an idiot." <laughs> well, hey, you guys, it's not now. fair. They both <laughs> begin with SW. <laughs> <laughs> How am I supposed to keep up with these things? Less than one percent <laughs> is Francais. Mm. Francois. Just kidding. That's a person in Africa. I mean, it's also probably a guy in France. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, less than 1% is Germany. Wow. Wow. Less than 1% is Kuwait. Oh. I uh, think I might know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> you want to say hi to the less than 1% in Kuwait? It's <laughs> probably my good old brother Ooh. who's stationed in Kuwait right now in the military. Well, hello to other Mac daddy. Is he a dad? <laughs> he is. Aha. Father <laughs> works. too. Less than one percent is from the United Kingdom. Cheerio. Ah, that one's new. Cheerio. Right? <laughs> 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 Anyways, so please forgive that. our terrible accents. <laughs> so now we're moving into the meat, which we're really excited about. Yep. So we've talked Woo. a lot about mm. the key word of intimacy. Meat. Intimacy. We've been talking a lot about intimacy in our podcast in general. And so we thought, hey, we might break that down a little bit and kind of explain what we're talking about. So, uh, yeah, Michael Mack, what is intimacy with Jesus? Woo! <laughs> wow, <laughs> just hit me right like that. Broad, um, general. <laughs> there you go. Well, I was thinking about it a smidgy bit, and to somebody who has no clue, I think it's basically just deep relationship with Jesus. A, a knowing, not a knowing, uh, knowing about, but like a knowing, deep, personal knowing. Uh, Cody, do you, we were talking yesterday about this and, uh, you were talking about the different ways that people like statistically, I think, like uh-huh. view God. Yeah. So there's four main views of God that are kind of held throughout. Is that our culture uh, or? American society. Yeah. And which view you kind of ascribe to, like on the deep heart level, is kind of whether or not you'll want to have intimacy with God. So the most common view of God is like the authoritative God, where it's like he's very active in history, but more for the sense of like administering harsh punishment. Mm -hmm. And like even like we were talking about in staff meeting this morning, like so many people 
whenever something bad happens, their first thought is like, oh, I'm being punished for something. But um, that's not necessarily the case. Like, (laughs) in fact, it's probably not. Like, (laughs) ain't nobody want to know that one. Yeah. That God. And then uh, the second inaccurate view of God is the distant God. And that's more of the view of like, God just winds up the universe like a clock and then just leaves it running and doesn't touch it. And so, like, he made everything but then just left it and doesn't get involved, <clears throat> which is also not accurate. And then the third most prevalent view is um, the one that we ascribe to of the benevolent God, where it's like he intimately cares about his creation and is actively involved in the lives of all people for their good and out of love. And then the fourth and slight, slightly least popular view is the critical God where he's just kind of watching from heaven and kind of like making notes of sins and wrongdoings that he can judge people for when they die. Mm. So crabby God. Yeah. The tally <laughs> tallying maker. Yeah. yeah. Tally maker. But <laughs> yeah. So the other three are all kind of along the lines of like judgmental and distant and harsh and cold but that's just not what god's like yeah he like wants to know us he wants to have intimacy with us and so your correct view of god is benevolent which means good and with good intentions towards us yeah and i think we see that all throughout scripture um what are just some like key places where we see that god is desiring intimacy well I was reading Matthew with my friend, Matthew 6, and he talks about um, uh, how you should pray and how you shouldn't show off, and your father who sees what's done in secret will hear your prayers. And um, He talks about when you give, don't do like the Pharisees do, and your father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. And um, he says, don't do your good deeds to, to be seen before men for the sake of being seen before men but for the approval of your heavenly father who sees what's done in secret. These are all paraphrases, but there's this recurring idea through the whole chapter of your heavenly father who sees what's done in secret. And like the whole chapter, Jesus is like, and I never thought of this before, but he's saying God has a value for sharing things just between you and him. And like the reason that he doesn't want us to do things for the glory of men and for like people's approval is because he wants to have that intimate connection with us where it's like, I only did this for you. And like, he keeps mentioning like in secret, like finding that secret place and, uh, honoring God there, just you and him, you know? So that whole chapter, I had just read it before and been like, okay, we're not supposed to be show offs, but I was like, oh man, God wants to be with us in the secret place, you know? Like that's what this is saying. And he has a desire for intimacy and for just sharing things with just us. And then the one that I think of the most is um, actually a verse that Michael likes to qu- Michael, he, you guys are both named Michael. <laughs> that Michael who just laughed. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> one verse that Michael Lindbergh likes to quote, so he might correct me a little bit. But it's from Jeremiah, and God is talking to the Israelites, and he's like, I thought that you would call me father. And that I would call you son. I would call you son. And how I, oh, how I would give you the nations as your inheritance. Yeah. Or some some other versions are like, oh, that 
you would call me father and I would call you son and I would give you the nations as your inheritance. That's Jeremiah 3, I think starting in 19, those first few verses. But yeah, I mean, on that note, that's a big one I go to because when I first heard that verse, which was actually maybe like a year ago or two or something anyways. Was it Makisha? Yeah, it was Makisha. One of our speakers was sharing about it and I had just never read that verse before um, because I hadn't read like just straight plain through the Old Testament before. And uh, so I heard that verse and it like just wrecked me and started me on this journey that I'm on now, of like reading through the Old Testament and just yeah. seeing his father heart through the whole thing. And like I think of Deuteronomy, I can't remember what the reference is, but uh, Moses in speaking to the people um, before they enter the promised land is like talks about like God, like carrying them as a f- longing to carry them as a father carries his child. And I don't know, even Moses who like got the law and these things like had this understanding, you know? So like this was super prevalent in the old Testament um, as much as it is like within Jesus and stuff. You got anything, Mike? Mike? Well, I was just, (laughs) I mean, when you ask the question, like, where is it seen in the Bible? I'm like, the whole no, I mean, Bible all screams, <laughs> I want to know you. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, the gospel. And the all, I mean, when you set it up, like, oh, this part uh, was the Old Testament, this part was the New Testament, like, all, <laughs> they, they're together, you know, yeah. like, like, the all the Old Testament points to, like, the need for Jesus to come and restore the intimacy with mm-hmm. the Father. So, I, I can you know, probably look at every single Bible story and be like, this is what God's heart was. Yeah. He just wanted to know his people, <laughs> you know, like, Come on. and wanted them to know him. Speaking of, I just wanted to point out that, um, knowing God is why when value number one, intimacy. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah. And I think that, I mean, that's exactly what I've been seeing just as I'm reading through the whole thing. Cause that, that's what was presented to me. I think, Growing up, people would say it as if you like knew. You're like, yeah, well, there's Old Testament God, there's New Testament God, and somehow they're different. And people would even pose like, well, does God change, or what does that look like? And I'm like, I'm reading it, and I'm like, how is this? This isn't a different God. Or even in Revelation, like reading through Revelation, I was like, God is so patient and so loving. Like he could have called it at any moment before he finally does. But even like his last acts are like, just come and know me. Like, you know. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, one of my favorite things to do is just to look at the people of the Bible and see how messed up they were, mm. you know, but how God <laughs> you was, messed up. God was still like, I want these people. I want these people. I yeah. want these people. And um and so you can look at I mean David, the life of David, you know, a, a shepherd boy out in the you know, not even considered like as a son by his father, you know, when, uh, mm-hmm. Samuel comes to like, God speaks to Samuel, go to the house of Jesse and I'll show you which of his sons is to be anointed King. And David isn't even like brought into the room mm. for consideration as a yeah. son. And like, he's like, you know, like I see those, you know, out there that are forgotten and that don't have a place. And he, um, you know, he was the forgotten one, but the chosen one. And God brings him into the fold, anoints him as king before he ever steps into it and develops his character. And then, um, you know, like he writes all these psalms and songs 
to God and, you know, he's just always pouring out his heart, but then he messes up big time and commits adultery and murder and um, he's still declared the man after God's own heart because it it was more about where his heart was at than even his actions. Yeah. And, I mean, thankfully we're not judged by... All of her actions. <laughs> Thankfully, Jesus has come and, you know, yeah. given us, called us the righteousness of God. But um, that it's all about our heart, you know. Mm-hmm. Even salvation is the receiving of something in our heart and confession of it with our mouths, the outward. So it's an inward and an outward expression. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Lindbergh never stops talking about intimacy. I think he says something about intimacy at least once a day like on principle or something. I don't know. (laughs) We'll be like having some debate and we'll eventually boil down to like, but it all just comes back to intimacy. Yeah. But, uh, so I've been reading the Bible with that lens more lately of like, where is God trying to reach out to us in this Mm. story? And like, he always is every single story. And it like really changes the way you read things. Like even Jesus giving the sermon on the Mount, I used to read it and be like, Oh, I suck. But now I read it and I'm like, wow, this is the heart of the father. Like this is the extent of God's love. And like he doesn't even like he talked. Jesus tells them not to even be angry with their brother in the sense of like in a sinful, like negative way. So like God's perfect and that's his standard. Like God is never even angry with us in that sense. Yeah. And just reading the Bible with that different, like, oh, this is God trying to make himself known to us. It like really changes things and it comes to life. So I think moving into new Testament, obviously the whole thing again, like there's so many quotable verses. Well, I just want to throw back just to like the old Testament and the prophets, you know, like, (laughs) like God, every time Israel just like they start, just sucking at life again and going <laughs> off the deep end. God's like, I'll send a, you know, a prophet to like as a representative of my voice just to get them to turn back to me and to remember who I am and what I've taken them from. And they always reject him. And then there's like Hosea, um, you know, where he's like, uh, go and marry a prostitute, you know? Yeah. And, who continues to be unfaithful to you and let this be a representation of what my life, what my heart is towards Israel. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what? There's, there's no greater God. Yeah. There's (laughs) there just isn't like (laughs) that. This is how he feels that this is what he's like, that even our, the adultery of our heart, you know, Towards the prostitutes in this scenario. He will will keep on coming back. He will keep on coming back. And I don't know um, about anybody else, but, you know, I love my wife. But, you know, after once I would be, like, completely broken if she committed adultery. And and if it was, like, two times, I'd be like, I don't know if I can survive, you know. And three times, you know, it's like. What's that phrase like? Fool me once, shame on, on you. you. Fool me twice, shame on me, or something like yeah. that. But it's mm-hmm. like, you know, like 
why would you put yourself through that? You know, why would you continue that relationship? But God is like, this is what it's like. And I still want you. Come on. And then Sorry, you can go to the no, New Testament now if you want. And then uh, based <laughs> off of that, Jesus is like, which one of the prophets did your fathers not kill? Like we're so attached to like everything else except for intimacy. And I noticed that like even in the Christian world, like intimacy seems to be like the final straw. It's like you're in your most broken and like desperate, destitute, desperate place. And you're on your knees and you're like, oh, I guess I'll turn to the Lord. But, and you see that like all throughout the old Testament and in history in general, but, and then like, then the Lord's there and he's like, all right, like I'll clean you up. Let's go. You know, but it's not till like the prodigal son is like, he's like at the bottom of bottoms and in the lowest of lows that he's like, oh, I guess I'll go back, you know, to the father. And then the father's there. Like I'm here. I've been waiting for you. It's crazy. And so moving into the new Testament, uh, like we see that, that the people like kind of continuously go through the cycle. And basically the Lord is like, all right, send in my son, Jesus, AKA kind of myself. It's confusing, (laughs) you know, to go down and like show him what's up and like be the propitiation for our sins. So I don't know. There's so many levels of like ridiculousness just for the desire to know us. Uh, And one of my favorite verses that we've talked about before is in John five, where Jesus is like kind of showing us this father heart and he's like the father shows his son everything and the son only does what he sees the father doing and he's like exemplifying this you know just father father heart and I think it says a lot too that like the two uh, I think most consistent like analogies of God is like the father and the bridegroom Mm -hmm. which are like the two most like like we even recognize as a culture that it doesn't get much more, if at all, more like emotional and like invested and close and intimate and desiring and jealous and yeah. and all these things than like a father has for his son or a man has for his bride, you know. And so, I don't know. I just think it says a lot that these are the analogies that are used like basically nonstop, you know. Even God himself, like in the, a lot of the prophets, goes between those two analogies for himself. So a parable that also comes to mind is the one where Jesus is saying like this man like has a vineyard and he's growing it and whatever. And he sends some workers there and then he goes to get like what, what his like harvest is in a sense. And Uh um, so he sends like a servant to go get, you know, the master's stuff and uh, they like kill him or beat him up and throw him out. Anyways, he sends a bunch of servants and keeps going through the cycle of them getting like beat up and thrown out or killed or whatever. And finally he's like, all right, I don't have anybody else. I'll send my son and maybe they'll respect him. But then he's coming in. They're like, Oh, here is the son. He's the heir. Let's kill him and take his inheritance. And Jesus is, you know, showing like likening us, like choosing not him in this same way. Uh, but I just thought it was interesting because the Lord just kind of pointed out to me the other day, like, like what is the son's inheritance? Like the Bible says that like Jesus's inheritance is the earth, but not for the sake of the earth, but like it's us. Like he wants his people. 
And so in a sense, he's coming to get us. And that's the whole reason that he's sent. And then he, he gets killed and he dies. But luckily oh. for us, he re- rises again. And that's not the end of the story. The old but, John 316. Old John 316. <laughs> for God so loved the world, meaning us. Hi. <laughs> Didn't just finish that story off the, the parable. Doesn't he like kill the people who murdered his son and then like offer the inheritance to somebody else or something? Or put somebody else in charge. I don't know. Uh, he does. It like doesn't end all well and fluffy. No, in he, that specific instance. And yeah, they kill the son, and then the father is mad and comes and like is like, "Up, oh, that's the last straw." I don't know. It feels weird to half finish the story. Well, basically, the end of it is like there's a point where God will eventually draw the line, and be like, "I, you had ample chances. Like this is what you're choosing. This is what you're going to continue to choose." So basically, if by the time A, we die, B, he comes back, and however all that's going to work, like, if we haven't by that time chosen intimacy with him, then, like, there are repercussions to that, and he's going to give us to the death that we're choosing, but in a more, like, ultimate sense. So that's the other side of not being intimate. And again, that's generally what happened in life as well, is that like the Jewish people were the chosen people of God mm-hmm. and they rejected and crucified him. And so then from that point, it was opened, salvation was opened up to the Gentiles and the whole earth. But it was also still Jesus is, God is like, so that it, they might become jealous and desire me again. So even like, the end of that story isn't like I completely rejected my people and said no to them and gave it open the door to other people but it was like I did reject them and open the door to the other people so that my chosen people the Jewish nation might become jealous again yeah of those who inherited what I'd yeah. meant for them and they even come back to me and so there's like it's not a dead end even for the Jewish people yeah. you know it's like this is you know, what's actually going to create some jealousy in them to come back to me. Because God is good at pursuing us. So we've talked about intimacy being the point of everything and like existence and <laughs> everything that is. So what uh, that even like plays out practically in our lives quite a bit. So I thought it would be good to start with like even salvation. Like Michael Max got a verse for us. But what what role does intimacy play in salvation? Yeah, yeah. So we all know the John 3.16 scripture. For mm-hmm. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that <laughs> whoever believes it. in him <laughs> shall not perish but have eternal life. But so if you then relate that scripture that like the um, end result is eternal life from of salvation Mm -hmm. and i mentioned earlier um that the way that we receive salvation is the beginning of it is through a believing in our heart and then a speaking of it out through our mouth so there's a like a belief in our heart and a spoken um word act but tie that into john 17 3 it says this is eternal life that they may know you the only true god and jesus christ whom you have sent and so like it 
like you were mentioning, it's the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like eternal life starts when we begin to know God. And that's what eternal life is, is knowing God. It doesn't just because our life ends on the earth here in this present time. It doesn't mean that we are done for. We just continue to know him Mm. and knowing him is intimacy as we've described earlier. Yeah. Beautiful. I also think of uh, Romans eight, I believe talks about like getting the spirit of adoption and where we can cry out Abba Father and in a sense like this is what marks us and this is what like says like we are his children but it assumes that there's one a death to yourself and two that you are like abiding in him as the Bible uses the word abiding a lot um, and, like you're dwelling in him and he's dwelling in you and there's this idea of like this kind of being the prerequisite to like the resurrection life that uh, people like to talk about or or all these like amazing things that we desire like it starts with uh a denial of ourself and us like stepping into relationship with him you know and so so um i guess we can move into the practicals so what can i feel like this is another big question but what does intimacy with jesus look like like a lot of times people have this understanding that like okay jesus loves me and i should probably have some amount of relationship with him but yet we still have like a lot of students myself included when i came who like don't even have like a real like tangible grasp on what that is and can look like you know mm-hmm. and so that's one of our biggest weeks is like hearing voice of god week and, and these different weeks where we teach people to like ha- actually Listen. like dive in themselves but yeah tools to knowing god yeah tools to intimacy yeah, and I, I think of uh, just the analogies that we've already brought up with a husband and wife and a father and son. Like, imagine just, yeah, Cody, you're single. You know, I am. Like, <laughs> just like if you were imagining relationship with a woman, you know, like what would you want that to look like, you know? How would you build your relationship? Like, uh, what's your plan? <laughs> okay. Well, you first you whip out the pickup lines. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think spending time together is super important. Like, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Cody, get surprised. <laughs> some of these I'm pulling from my understanding of relationships and some from, like, my relationship with God. But spending time together is super important. And, like, if you don't spend time with someone, then there is less relationship. I don't know. Relationship in general is just like being with someone, you know, in like spirit and in like presence. And, you know, if you're not around someone, then you're not having relationship with them. Mm -hmm. And that's where you like get to know someone is by being around them. So that's like the first step. And then communicating constantly. Um, I know that God wants to speak to us as often as we'll let him. What's funny is I've never honestly thought about intimacy with these, like, particular, like, this particular question. Mm. So even as I'm, like, asking you the question, I'm like, ooh, that's cool. Like, because what I think about, like, any um, romantic relationship that ever occurred, it occurred from meeting the person, first of all. Like, 
acknowledging some sort of attraction on my end, at least mentally. And then what I can recollect, I haven't done this in a while, the beginning <laughs> part, <laughs> um, is that you share stories from your past. Mm. Yeah. And like, and so I'm like, oh, like the Bible. Like, Dad's like, have you read my book? <laughs> the Old <laughs> Testament, you know? You may have heard of it. It's called The Bible. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, that's a easy, practical way to, like, begin to know what this other person in the relationship character is like. Mm. Is, like, oh, let's revisit the stories of old, you know, of your yeah. life. And then the second thing that came to mind was, like, experiences, like, now now experiences and so i'm like what a cool way to know god yeah to like know his past relationships and to have current experiences with him Mm. and i I really like that like thinking about that because i don't i don't know that i've thought about it like in like a practical way like this you know i i have quite a bit but only as a side effect of like i felt like well, it's been two years now, but two years ago, I felt like God asked me after a breakup, um, he was like, hey, you should just take a year off and just get to know me better instead of girls. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I did that. And then um, ever since then, it kind of comes up a lot less so in the second year. But like, um, what is it that I still need to know? I don't know. And then like relating in general he's just talking to me a lot about my understanding of what a romantic relationship even is or should look like and how that applies to like him. And the most recent part he was talking to me about, I don't know, we have like these weird lines in our head, but Jesus was telling me, he was like, like the amount of intimacy that like a man has with his wife. I want to have more than that with you. And I was like, that's uncomfortable, Jesus. I don't want you to talk like that anymore. (laughs) And um, then I've just been kind of ruminating on that lately. I don't really know what he means by that. Obviously, I've never been married, so I don't have that experience to go off of. But, like, I guess he's been telling me that that's, like, my deepest perception of love is marriage. And he's like, actually, mine is way deeper. Come on. And if you understand mine first, then your marriage will be way better for it. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Slash, I don't even need to get married if you've got everything I need. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so we'll just see. But, um, yeah, just different aspects of that. I feel like he keeps using this illustration a lot to talk to me about the way he feels about me and the kind of relationship he wants to have with me. And stuff like that. I could go on, but I feel like I've said more than enough already. That's great. And I think I I then began to think of like dating websites and stuff and like the (laughs) descriptions of like what you're looking for, you know, and the typical is like long walks on the beach, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But like, imagine having long walks on the beach with God, you know, I have, it's freaking awesome. Yeah, it is. is. (laughs) And like, musical interests you know i mm-hmm. enjoy slow jazz you know like, yeah. i don't know i Smooth actually don't jazz. really like slow jazz i like what? fast jazz oh, well. it like so complicated and like ah! <laughs> 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 there's so much happening it makes my mind explode <laughs> but just like sharing 
interests, mm. you know, and to begin to share your interests with God. I, um, I think there's a lot of thought out there of God being kind of a drab, boring, yeah, old man that wants to beat you over the head <laughs> with a stick once you mess up, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there was a time in my life when this is further on, but thinking back to this um, thought is like, he really is interested in what we're interested in. Like he put those interests in us. And so to invite him into those things, mm-hmm. he, I like can just sense his pleasure in just thinking about it. Like, ah, he knows that I love soccer, you know? And so he's like, let's play together, you yeah, know, yeah. like, let's talk about it. Let's, you know, like, let's investigate it together. Let's dream about it together. Yeah. And that's what most like intimacy in like a man and female male and female relationship would be like <laughs> yeah like going on dates yeah which is entirely re- revolving around like like alina's like i want to go ice skating and so we can go ice skating or maybe i like to go bowling and so we can go bowling and there's it's so simple like i feel like we make a relationship with the lord so complicated sometimes but luckily god's a fan of literally everything that like in general <laughs> it was all his idea <laughs> yeah <laughs> Slash and even so, things that I don't like. If the person that I was dating liked it, I was like, "Yeah, I enjoy that you enjoy this, and so I will do it with you." You know. Yep. And so, like, I, so a big thing for me when I was first getting close to the Lord was like, just going on walks. I really like going on walks. Uh, not necessarily beach. Not not a fan of beaches myself so much. But, anyways, I like going on walks. And so I was like, "Oh Lord, do you want?" <laughs> to go on a walk with me and i felt like he was like i would love to go on a walk with you and i was like this is so, what we were made for yeah and so <laughs> like it just being like a simple thing and cool being like lord day. i'm going to assume that you actually do want to hang out with me because one i feel like you're saying you do so it's not really an assumption but i'm gonna i'm gonna like treat it not as if you're far away and distant but as if you're literally walking here with me and talking to you in a way that i would a physical human person if they were walking with me and so i was doing that you know and it was just so good and like the lord was like talking back to me and it was crazy and there were some times where i was so convinced that if i like looked over <laughs> it was almost kind of scary if i looked over that he would literally be there walking with me you're like God. <laughs> i'm like oh jesus <laughs> god dang your hair's shorter than I thought it would be. <laughs> Anyways, so, but I don't know. Just, like, make it this, like, like think, like, practically like this. Like, if I'm getting to know somebody, how, what would I do? Would I, would I invite them to, like, come hang out with me when I'm, you know, doing whatever? Like, just invite the Lord to do that and, like, spend time with him and talk to him. Like, you know, it's, it's really easy. Yeah. So, I think we've scratched the surface on, like, like this is actually what you would do with God and can do. Um, but to put these in religious terms, <laughs> you can read your Bible yeah. <laughs> to get to know the history Just of God. Dust it off a bit. <laughs> you can pray. Yeah. Take a walk and talk with him. Yeah. Um, uh, a third ingredient um, to relationship that, me and my wife Annie were just talking about before I came over here was vulnerability. Mm. And when you open up with someone in vulnerability, like 
that's where I find true intimacy. And um, it took me a long time to, to learn this, but because I think I was clued in to God is interested in things I'm interested in, but I wasn't ready to invite him into my sin and to my brokenness and to my failure. And so years into my Christian walk, I was like, all right, God, you know, like, mm-hmm. I'm going to let you in on this secret that I have. <laughs> you know, obviously yeah. it was never yeah. a secret to him, but I had never let him into those places. Yeah. And the moment that I let him into my brokenness and was like, Lord, I have a problem with this. It was like the first gasp of air of freedom, you know, and I was like, oh. yeah. You wanted to know about this this whole time? I've been hiding this thing from you, you know, like scared to talk to you about this issue that I'm dealing with that I've dealt with my whole life. And then I open the doors and he walks right in. He's like, Come I want to be w- here in this with you. Come on. I don't, I never intended to slap you on the head when I found out about it. You know, like you said was the most common perception. Yeah. You know, he's like, actually, I want to jump in this with you. And help show you the way out of it, you know. Yeah, and he so he is the way out of it. That so. that reminds me. I think of uh, this interesting thing that Jesus says when he's like, "I'm going, like me physically here being with you. I'm leaving, but I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, who's going to dwell in you, and it's actually going to be better than me physically being here with you. And he's going to dwell inside you, and he's going to be a counselor, a teacher, like all these different things that like." Like, who doesn't want that? Like, who doesn't want the best counselor that's ever existed to literally dwell inside you and, like, speak to you and be with you in every moment? Like, who doesn't want... The comforter who will lead you to all truth. Or the teacher or, you know, all these different things that he says and that we see, like, represented. Uh, And so, I don't know. Again, there's just this crazy intimacy that's, like, available. And I think on the first point of, like, reading, reading the Bible and getting to know him, like, if I was hearing stories about say alina like when alina and i first started talking and she was telling me about her life and things that she's done and things she likes to do it was it didn't stop there like it was an invitation to like know her in these ways like oh i can tell based on her stories and stuff that she's adventurous and she loves being like outside and kind of just doing like adventure things and being spontaneous so i know that's now an invitation for me to come in and have that level of relationship with her. Like we can do things that are adventurous and spontaneous and, and whatever, you know? And so I think a lot of people stop at like knowing things about God's whenever they, you know, like we kind of said, I think earlier, but a lot of people stop there and they're like, Oh, it says God's loving or God wants to provide or whatever. He wants to be the comforter. That's cool. I know that now rather than like diving in and being like, Oh God, you want to be my comforter. What does that even mean? Like I could use some comfort right now, you know? And like kind of grabbing a hold of of that. So Yeah, I don't know. Let's just think about all that. <laughs> or like, oh, you like to heal people? Well let's go pray for some people yeah, right now. Literally. Yes. Those are things that God likes to do. What are your interests? God? <laughs> yeah. What are your interests? He's like, God? Well, all those lost well, people I was groups hoping we you were talking ask. about. <laughs> I actually love people. <laughs> yeah. It's my favorite hobby. There's this one group in India that uh, I just <laughs> I'm all about. You you wanna check them out? So uh were there any other practical tips? Well, like, I think one really practical thing that kind of wraps, encapsulates all of these things as well is 
I mean, having a sp- specific, special, set apart time to spend time with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's a there's an, a place where we invite Him into every moment of life, and we walk with Him. We mm-hmm. uh, pray continuously. As um, Paul, what we're supposed to uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what we're supposed to do, uh, but there's like creating intentional space and that's something that we really champion in our um, training programs is we call it quiet time or I don't know if that's the best terminology for it but time the navigators call it etog extended time alone with god oh that's good that's good it's a little weird but yeah <laughs> so it's quiet time um but basically um one of my best friends became my one of my best friends because he like I challenged him on his like lack of understanding and lack of like knowing God one day. Cause he would always just tell me what other people said about God. And I was like, well, what do you know about God? And he was like, uh, I don't know what you mean. I was like, well, like, like when you spend time with God, what is, what has he said to you? And he was like, what do you mean spend time with him? And I was like, well, you know, like, setting aside some time in the morning praying like reading the bible worshiping and he was like i don't know what that looks like and so i was like well meet me at my room at five thirty in the morning and like i just allowed him into my like it became like a double date you know <laughs> with god <laughs> <Yeah>. but, uh, <laughs> but it was just like and so some things that I literally practically do is I will often um, wake up and I'll turn some music on. I have kids and a wife now, so I can't just <laughs> do whatever I want, but <laughs> I can put headphones in mm. and like I will put on some like worship music that's like, ah, oh, I love song to Jesus, you know, like yeah. setting the mood if you were with your, yeah. you know, girlfriend. That's when that smooth jazz comes in. <laughs> yeah, smooth jazz. But I don't put on smooth jazz because it doesn't wake me up enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I put on some something pretty like, yeah, here we go. And I start pacing around mm. and ma- I make coffee and I pace around and I pour myself some coffee. I drink some coffee as I'm pacing around until I'm awake and I'm like ready. And mm. then I sit down and I read the Bible and pray. And then I ask God what he wants to tell me. Yeah. And I sit with a journal and write that down. And then I write prayers to him as well out in the journal. So those are just like some extremely actual practical things. Yeah. I think with uh, that pulling from the pulling from the marriage thing as well. Um, I don't have kids per se, but, but Alina and I have done like a lot of stuff where we're like working side by side, but yet we're like really busy within that. For instance, when we were, we found this out in Brazil, the hard way, uh, when we were doing, we we're like leading a team and we we're doing a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, and we were together a lot and like talking and communicating these different things. But, um, our relationship started getting like rather strained and we were kind of on different pages with things. Um, and we found out that like, we really needed to like take some alone time, like just us together, not doing anything else. And, I mean, maybe walking or something, but like just having like this, like very specific intentional time to like just be together. And that like made a world of difference. Like I can't even say like it made outreach not painful anymore to go through with like together, trying to lead a team together to like 
there being a lot of life and like grace for each other and the team and different things. And so I think it's the same with the Lord. Like I find if I, like I can spend time with Jesus throughout the day, but if I don't like get up and have this like designated time, like I feel the effects of that, you know, like it makes a big difference. And so I don't know, there's just like kind of a reality of that being a necessary thing. So Michael Mack, do you want to say something about, worship maybe like just a brief we talked about prayer reading the bible you mentioned like turning on worship music but i think like i found that worship is like kind of its own i mean it's a very broad thing but like thinking specifically towards like a kind of maybe musical or i don't know or even dance or some kind of artistic expression wow (laughs) um yeah this may take us to seven Could you hours just later up worship for us in <laughs> no, two minutes uh, we mentioned the word yada the hebrew word which also means worship come on hmm knowing god means worshiping god and it's just crazy um to think about but we talk about worship sometimes as being the expression that is the response to and of love to God. Hmm. And so... Um, I like something you say, the reciprocal response. That's good. Yeah. It's reciprocating his love, his... Like, everything that he's done, you know, has been his expression of love to us. Mm-hmm. And so, like, um, I was trying to think that I mentioned earlier something, or one of us mentioned earlier a physical response. Maybe it was just the confession of the mouth is salvation, like belief in the heart and confession of the mouth. So it's like not just something that's within, but it's like an outward expression of that. Mm. Um, And so singing songs is typically what we would think about as worship, but it could be really anything. And, you know, just like, I've got to do something, you know, like there's something in my heart that just needs to come out, you know, and it could be like going for a run, you know, exercising or whatever. But a lot of times it's just like singing songs and like songs obviously have words that are expressing, you know, what we're thinking about as well as the feeling of the, the music. So, but it's, it's in that place of, um, worship. We were talking about this yesterday as well, where, we have receive and we are just giving back. And so it's like, ah, I just need to do something, pour something out. Yeah. Yeah. Or like one of the students in the DTS during a worship time, like ran off into the woods and made a little teepee village. And that was her expression. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I love, creative expression in worship yeah. i think it's fun do we have any advice for uh our listeners on intimacy any just kind of helpful things to know i think the point is just being alone with jesus you know so just do that and then i mean bringing your bible is always a good idea but then once you're there you just it kind of feels natural you're like okay i want to connect with god Here's the Bible. I want to connect with God. I just start talking to him. Like, mm. I find just, like, my friend and mentor, Rick, liked to say, I don't remember what exactly, but he was like, 90% of life is just showing up. And that's kind of how I feel about quiet times is, like, if you can commit to being there and you're like, okay, God, we got, you know, 30 minutes, we got three hours, 
let's just hang out, you know, then yeah. everything else will kind of just come after that. But just being there is the important part. Yeah, I I think of uh, back to jumping into worship and yada being a word for worship and life being and worship being a journey. Like almost every solid relationship that I can think of that I have, I've been on a journey with these people. Like mm. even sometimes like a road trip or physical journey. Like, I don't know. There's something about road trips that like create relationship. Yeah. You've been there and done something. Had Shared the experience. Trauma. Yeah. yeah. Shared, <laughs> shared trauma. A uh, hundred bottles of beer on the wall. <laughs> That's not beer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we haven't made any bathroom stops. Um, but like journeying. And so two of my favorite um, scriptures, and this is jumping back to the Old Testament expressions of intimacy, is Psalm 23. Mm. You know, like it's like he is my shepherd. He has everything I need. He leads me to the green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet waters. He restores my soul. He leads me through the valley of the shadow of death and like, it ends with like, and I will find myself in the house of the Lord forever. His love and mercy or whatever chases me all those days. You know, it's like the whole Psalm is like this journey that we've gotten getting to be, get to be on. And then Psalm 91, which references references the secret place. He who dwells in the secret place of the most high God will abide under the shadow of the almighty. And it's Mm -hmm. like, Yes, let's journey to this secret place with God. Mm-hmm. And I'd mentioned before just like inviting God in to like the dark things of my heart. Um I just had this revelation one day that like the secret place is where I kept all my hidden things from other people as well. Ah. And so it was like God wanted to be invited also into my secret place you know he allows me into his he wants to be invited into mine that place of vulnerability with god and vulnerability just creates trust trust is one of the key ingredients to intimacy and relationship Mm. i think something uh important that maybe we've said but i'm not sure that we've like explicitly said but like first john talks about like god it's not how like we loved him, but how he's loved us and like everything being rooted in this place. And so I think kind of a key thing of putting yourself in that place and along the lines of worship, it made me think of uh, this time where I was, I was kind of frustrated with some worship songs and I was like, ah, like, I don't know. I just don't connect with them or whatever. And my friend was like, well, have you experienced God in that way? And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, you're not going to want to sing to God about how he's a good, good father. If you haven't, like experienced him as a good, good father, you know? And I was like, Oh man, like, <laughs> yeah, like wrecked my world. That was my face shaking. <laughs> <back and forth>. <laughs> <laughs> Cause it just like showed me, I don't know, kind of where I was at on that in the journey, you know? And so like, if, if you're not wanting to like spend time with Jesus, like maybe, you know, there's, there's some, like you're missing what his heart is for you or however that might look. If you're not wanting to, you know, do this or that with Jesus, like, you know, there's probably some part of his heart that you're not grasping. And that, that's what the journey is that we're doing is like getting closer to his heart and getting to know him. But you kind of got to start somewhere. So, 
like putting yourself in that place of like recognizing how he's loved you or putting yourself in the place of experiencing it in the first place. And then like, you know, now like when we sing songs that are really simple, like God is so good. It like wrecks me because I'm like, Oh, I've experienced the goodness of the Lord. Whereas Mm -hmm. like, you know, five or six years ago, I didn't like have that in my brain. So I thought the songs were really boring, you know, I don't know. Just kind of that. Yeah. Uh, As you were saying that I remembered Adam Sandler movie wedding singer Mm. and like it's a funny movie probably not the best in the world but like (laughs) the end is that like him and this girl of who is engaged to be married they begin to fall in love with each other because they're sharing all kinds of different experiences together and she ends up basically not marrying the guy she's engaged to and they marry um but he sings a song and it's like from what i understand like the most romantic song and it's all but it all it's about is i want to grow old with you Mm. and that's like what (laughs) relationship what intimacy is all about is like i just want to continue to grow until we're old people together (laughs) so beautiful he's in a ball on the floor now (laughs) (laughs) they're there uh something i was thinking of too is that wait wait before you go on yeah just want to put out a request to mark fruget to learn that song if you don't already know it and Uh, sing it as a worship song to the lord and send it it into us as a as a um Audio clip, please. Also, Mark Fugier was the one that I was talking about who said that thing to me. That's he's awesome. About not understanding aspects of God's character yep. for worship. Yep. Uh, one thing I wanted to touch on as well is like, so recognizing there is an enemy to our souls uh, who actually doesn't, <laughs> who actually doesn't have a name, but that's interesting. Anyways, the deceiver. Beelzebub. Well, yeah. <laughs> Even that's arguable. But regardless, Satan is uh, not a fan of us. And the one thing that he like doesn't want us to do is get close to the Lord. Because in that place, we have freedom, power. He has no power. Uh, and so like that, that's the thing that he wants to stop us from. And so as like we're diving deeper into intimacy and we're pressing in, um, like he's going to want to come against us in some form or fashion. And so don't be surprised. Like... If you start getting some kind of crazy, whether it's like seems like specifically specifically spiritual warfare or whether it's like it's circumstances of life are like trying not to play out. Like I think it's all in the spiritual warfare bubble. But, you know, anyways, it could play out in a, in a lot of different ways. But don't be surprised when that's happening. Yeah, I wrote this in my journal two days ago. Intimacy is the weapon against attack. Against deception. The strongest tactic the enemy has is deception, lies, and distraction. To make us unsure of our identity, to which we then begin to miss the mark, which is sin. That's when we sin. It's when we aren't recognizing our place or our identity as sons or daughters of the king. But when we are fully confident of our place as sons, 
We are led by the Spirit. We are secure. We are Psalm 91 safe. We are Psalm 23 led. Come on. Perfect. Because in the place of intimacy is our identity, and we like get to know who we are and what God has for us. And that's what he doesn't want. He's like, nope, you're a slave. But God's like, you're a son, but you're not going to know that if you don't stop and listen to me tell you that. You know, so. Also, uh, something I wanted to note as well is that it's going to be uncomfortable, like as I've been finding out actually a lot in my relationship recently in my marriage, uh, like you're always going deeper. There's always more and there's always more of yourself that you have to give up and that you have to, um, like the Bible talks about, like crucify yourself and become more like Jesus. And so, um, there's a lack or there's, there's a multitude of us, like of like things that we have to be giving up and lots of uncomfort, um, which you'll find as well. Cause Jesus Discomfort. is like, I want your whole heart not like just part of your heart. I want to take those harmful things from you, even though you think you need them and want them and these things. But, but, uh, uh, who was it? I think it was perhaps Oswald Chambers or he was quoting someone else when he said, if he asks us for the lesser, it's so that he can give us the greater. Come on. So good. Also, uh, to quote another Oswald, but this is J. Oswald Sanders. And I really like this quote. It says, we are at this moment as close to God as we really choose to be. True, there are times when we would like to know a deeper intimacy, but when it comes to the point, we are not prepared to pay the price involved. So just realize up front, Jesus is like, count the cost. It's going, Jesus is going to demand like your entire heart. He doesn't settle for half. He doesn't settle for three quarters, seven eighths, you know, 55, 56. <laughs> like he's going to he go. it all? For the whole thing, all oh. one over one. What does this mean? <laughs> so, which is the best thing, but it's it's hard. So, I surrender all. Come on. I surrender. Like he's not he's all. not a jerk when he's like, hey, deny all yourself, take up a cross, follow me. He's like, come into the choose life, savior. come be with me. I surrender. Do you want to be a prostitute all. or a wife? Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Any other, uh, any other thoughts on on that? Obviously, we're scraping surfaces of way deeper topics here, but like Michael Mack can teach a whole week on worship. But if you so good, if you catch the wave, then we won't even need to teach you any more about it because you'll go find out for yourself. True that. <laughs> yeah, I think if we don't have anything else, then we can do our traditional fun question. Yep, yep, let's do it. Are you trying to say that wasn't fun? <laughs> he ignores no question. comment. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I like that you pointed your mouth towards the microphone just to say hmm. hmm. Lieutenant Dan. I scream Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> Alright. What's the best survival skill? Define skill. Are these survival skills that actually exist? I don't know. Whatever you think is the most fun answer. Um, I feel like breathing is the most best <laughs> skill. Airplane <laughs> manufacturing and flying. <laughs> airplane maintenance. Out of wood? <laughs> maintenance. Airplane manufacturing um, and flying out of um, <laughs> typical 
things you would find laying around? Uh, I'm probably going to say making cord out of plant fibers. Mm. You can do question. anything with cord. Does my um, make airplane manufacturing not count? Or Oh, it counts. Unless you want to do another one. Can. I mean, I'm I mean that would be a pretty awesome one. Yeah. I was thinking like deserted island kind of thing, and I'm like, <laughs> let me just whip up a plane real quick. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were saying like as far as not dying in the air. <laughs> I don't know. That too would be coming handy. That's <laughs> 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 real skill is not dying. <laughs> Drop the mic. <laughs> What's your best skill? Not dying. <laughs> the ability to survive. I feel like uh, I feel like for me probably starting a fire. As far as like basic, <laughs> basic things, starting a fire would probably be it. There's a whole list. Not I, panicking. I have made fire. An honest one though would be like not losing your mind. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I was always afraid, like I would end up in some scenario, and not like stay sane. Like if I could stay sane, even if I wasn't gonna live all that long, like if I could like keep my wits about me, I feel like I could do keep well for wits. myself. I actually intimacy with Jesus is key to that as well. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I actually had a revelation about he was speaking to me about everlasting love after I thought about that. Because I was like, if I was like trapped in a cave and there was a landslide and there was no way I was gonna get out, I'm gonna starve to death down here alone, would I lose my mind? And I'm like, probably not if I was aware of Jesus. And it's like even in that moment, he's like, I'm still here. I love you. I'm not going anywhere. And you're gonna see me here soon. So let's just hang out. Enjoy these last few moments of isolation and then partake. Because yeah. I've already lost my mind. I got the mind of Christ. Yeah. Maybe it'll be like a Stephen thing where you kind of just fall asleep. <laughs> that would be nice. Enoch, we forgot to mention that. Oh, man. Walking with God. And he was no more. Didn't work out so well for him. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, arguably it worked out the best for him. Oh, that's true. He didn't have to experience death. And he got to walk with God. You'll just be no more, and we'll assume you're, like, lost somewhere in a cave. But it turns out you got taken up with Jesus. Animal taming would also be a quality yeah. survival skill. You can ride, like, a freaking lion or something. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> like skates made of chipmunks. Mush. Four chipmunks on the bottom of the sole of your shoe. <laughs> just that sound. <laughs> oh man, it's like a Mohammed sound. Yeah, survival skill is hard because there's like skills you already should have. <laughs> you know, like it's like, what scenario am I in? Yeah. Am I on a sinking ship? Am I building a house? In <laughs> you're on a sinking ship and you build a house. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they told me this was going to work. <laughs> they said, let's see, first step in the survival skill manual is find water. Okay. Did I'm that. Still going with <laughs> my still going with my airplane manufacturing. You're on a plane that's going down. You're like, <laughs> I started a fire. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> we will survive. Man, make fire. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna manufacture a plane on a sinking ship. Yeah, at least you've got all the raw materials off. right there. Yeah. I was gonna say that might be the best one, actually, like the most like useful one. Yeah, like, or maybe more realistically, like hang glider manufacturing. You're like this plane's going down. I shall build another one. 
<laughs> hang glider, you have to have some kind of height to come out of. Uh, and chair. really strong lungs. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Fun Questions. The part of the show with fun questions. Uh, prayer is a pretty good survival skill. Okay, <laughs> 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 Cody, trying to back, be more spiritual over there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, base happenings? We're having a... 2010, 2010? Reunion. reunion. Oh. Uh, discipleship training school reunion of the class of 2010. And we have a discipleship training school coming in September, the end of September 20th. Yep. Oh, speaking of, I was going to say with the intimacy stuff uh, that we, that's like what we're about here is knowing God, like we said, it's our number one value in YWAM. And so if you want to have a season of like that kind of set apartness we were talking about, then like, that's what, that's what it is. That's what we're doing. Like come and just spend some time chasing after Jesus and, you know, kind of set apart from maybe your normal familiar life. Um, yeah. Five months. Yeah. Do you want to break it down for us? Discipleship training school, DTS. Come know God. Train in discipleship and preparation for two months overseas or in a cross-cultural environment where you pour out the love of Jesus in outreach to other people. Come on. It'll change your life. Yada, yada, yada. Intimacy, intimacy, intimacy. Come on. It'll change your life if you come here and you're willing to jump into intimacy. Some friends of ours are um, doing some outreach down at the riverfront in Nashville. Come on. Which is a popular spot, and they envision people worshiping and people being baptized and saved. Sweet. Saved first, probably. <laughs> but baptized in the river down there. So that's exciting, and they're just, they just had, like, this idea from the Lord. I don't think they're even from around Nashville at all. But they had a vision of God doing something in Nashville at the riverfront. So they invited us to come. So Sweet. Let's do it. And we've got uh, so a little rush, youth outreach update. The riverfront. A little youth outreach update. We've got our first potential youth event here in the campus that we're about to submit for leadership review here soon. So we're excited about that. And then uh, I'm going to meet with a ministry in Nashville here soon called Rocket Town and see how we can be involved with them just loving on kids in some creative ways with like dance classes and they have photography and videography and skateboarding and all this crazy stuff that they're having trouble doing because of coronavirus but long-term thinking it would be awesome so I'm excited about that slash partnering with people in general is always awesome and ministering to people so i think that might be it for base happenings at least off the top of our heads so um yep so if you want to feedback to anything about the podcast in particular you can email us at podcast at org. if you have just general base inquiries or anything you can email us at info at YWAM Nashville.
dot org. Yep. All right. Thanks for tuning in to episode sixteen. I think. Yes. Yeah. Sweet sixteen <clears throat> intimacy. I. Yeah. As always, tune in next Friday at five thirty p.m. and uh, we'll have another episode for you. Bye. Hope you find your dad. Jesus. Oh. Oh.